Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and Adam. Hey Adam, how Hi, are you Phil? doing? Hey. <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good too. I'm doing good. Are, are you hearing me alright? What good Is... are you doing? Well, you Phil, know, I'm... What good are you doing? I'm doing a lot. I I am. So... You, I mean, I don't know if this is why you're asking me. So, um, dear listeners, as Adam would say, I am renovating. Um, well, me, my wife, and I have bought a um, our first home. So I, I hope Woo-hoo! you know there's some applause. Thank you. And so me, <laughs> yes, I can. I can put that applause in there. Um, so I am doing to save us some money because we're not rich people. I'm doing a lot of the demolition. I'm thankfully, I should give a shout out. I'm gonna say his name, Mr. David King, is helping me out. Um, he helped, he came by, and so I about an hour, about two hours actually, we uh, took out some vanity, some bathroom vanities, and um, and I'm gonna go do some more work so we can have someone come in and and do that work for us. So, yeah. So uh, yes, that's what's going on with me right now. Adam, <laughs> are you doing anything, any good that you're doing? You want to share before we go into Am I it? Doing any good? Um, I mean, I'm trying every day, but you know, <laughs> right. Just, I, I ask my students whether I'm doing any good. Okay. What I am doing is uh, well. I am doing well. You're doing well. All right. Well, good. <laughs> Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing well too. We all we have a special guest today. I want to just tease that, which, but we, yeah, we have a, a special guest. Special but bef- guest. before we go to our special guest, I, I um, of it's okay. I'm I get excited too. We um please if you are enjoying um our podcast, please you know share you know like the videos you know comment. And if you want to comment, you can always comment uh, through vo- the voice messenger um, and uh, and whatever email, however you want to reach out to us. Please reach out to us. Um, and I don't think you know I have any comments. Yes. I will even take a cassette tape. If they will mail me a cassette tape, okay. I will then record I have to find where to play a cassette tape. Yes, I was about to ask you. How do you? How would you do that? But how would you? Play I will it? find. I bet my parents still have a cassette player. I'm sure I they do. To Pennsylvania, I will play the cassette tape, record it on my phone, and that uh-huh. will send you the file, Phil. Okay, but that's that's very retro. Because that's what I you am know. Daring our listeners today <laughs> to send you a cassette to mail tape. Me a cassette tape. With what they think about the show. <laughs> hey, I, want, I mean, I'm looking forward. I wonder who's going to accept that challenge. I'm wondering who's going to accept that challenge. Um, yes. I don't want to delay getting to our esteemed guest, but I yes. do have to ask you a question I've been meaning to ask since like a year. Uh, actually, we are coming up on our year, first year anniversary, aren't we? Yeah, I think we so have this, maybe. Milestone? I think we have another month, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Pretty I have to close. check exact. But okay, so how close are we getting to the ten thousand 
What's the what there was it, Yeah. Like, I I think it was 15 cents after 10,000. I think we were going to uh, get 50, $15. That we're going to have dollars? Yeah. How close am I to getting coffee? <laughs> Let me see. And but but that's the thing. The thing is we would have to have 15 downloads with the ad. So I I don't think oh. we've done anything with it. Wait, we are at 10,000 downloads. 10,000 downloads. Yeah, what did I say? 15. We're at 10,000 downloads, but I right now we're at <gasps> 1,500. Oh, okay. I thought, you were, I thought you were about to say we were at 10,000. I'm like, mm -mm. we could have gotten $15. Right. I have been drinking more coffee as the semester has gotten, <laughs> okay. gotten heavier. I could have used a certain pot funded coffee. Well, you know, maybe I was, I was going to say maybe you know, over the summer we can record some ads to try to try to make that fifteen dollars. Record some ads. This podcast is brought to you by Glass. 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 <laughs> it's something that you can put in your windows yes. or drink out of it. Or yes. Make screens yeah. out of it. Glass for all of your transparent needs. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just going to do a hard... We're ready for you. <laughs> yes, whoever, oh, whatever company my. named Glass. Uh, no. so... Oh, no, okay, so we are, we are, we are we're recording this later than we typically do. And my insanity just goes downhill. Will you introduce our very exciting guest? And I will do my best to contain myself. I will. So... um our guest today is one of your former students and one of my fellow alumni uh, uh, from Roberts, Julie Steidel. Hello, Judy. Julie. Julia. Sorry. That was terrible. I just called her Judy. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, Julia. You know, it's the first time. It's the first that, time everyone's ever, anyone's ever called me that name. So Julia Steidel is here. Yeah, that's Hello. the first time I think I've ever called you that. Hello, Julia. Hi, I, thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I hope you really, I hope you enjoy it. That I hope you enjoy us today. I mean, this, I think we're getting off on a weird start. <laughs> I hope, it's okay. I hope it gets, I hope it, it's, we can only go up from here, I think. I think we can only go up. <laughs> Dear audience and Phil. When we yes. were, uh, Julie and I were on the Zoom call before Phil turned on his camera and started talking to us, and I told Julia that she's not allowed to tell me. Julia graduated just this past May. She was a pandemic graduate. Yes, I was. I got to hear her name read from my television screen while I was, I did wear my academic regalia in my you living did. room. Julia, do you get, you remember that picture I sent you? Yes, I do. Yeah, of me in my my doctoral robes in my in my living room, as your name was called. But I I have lost touch with Julia. I have not gotten to hear about her adventures, and I told her not to tell me until we were recording, <laughs> so that my reaction is authentic and spontaneous. Completely. So, genius. Julia, what are you? What have you been up so to since finishing college? Um. I haven't really been up to a lot, it seems. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've been up to more than I think I have. 
Um, I've mostly just been working a lot, you know, got to pay off those student loans. Mm. So Where are you working? Uh, I have a temp position with a bank. I've been there since June. So coming up on almost a year. Yeah. You're a banker. Sort of. I work in the, uh, I work in an office, um, not as like a teller or anything. Um, I spend a lot of my time scanning papers. Damn. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least so. you're not. If you were saying you're a photocopying papers, then I no. think that you were in a 20th century job. But since you're scanning them, we know that this is the year 2021. Yes. yes. You're bringing your bank into the 20 to into the 21st century. We're making yes. It digitizing. Yes. yes. It's. Uh, I'm very happy to have the job. So. Great. Yeah. Hey. Excellent. And. Uh, Julia was a vocal performance major. Julia, have yes. you been doing any singing? I have been doing some singing. So I studied with Dr. Jeffrey McGee when I was at Roberts, just like Phil. So Ooh. we were in studio together. Yes. Yeah. Um, One of our favorite guests here yes. at Circle Pop. <laughs> um, and so I continued to take lessons with Dr. McGee um, after I graduated. And I actually gave a recital in October um, I was trying to make up for the fact that my senior recital got canceled and my church was kind enough to let me, um, give my recital there. So that was quite an exciting project to try to, uh, put together mostly on my own. Um, so, and I have, I am still taking lessons, but I have switched to a different teacher with Dr. McGee's blessing. <laughs> um, and it's been going really well. I uh, have actually changed voice parts as well, and I'm a mezzo-soprano these days. You're a mezzo. I am. Excellent. I remember having to put you in the soprano section your <laughs> senior year because something that never happens to choir conductors happened to me. I didn't have enough sopranos. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was shocked. When you moved me. You were um, an excellent soprano, Julia. Well, thank you. I do thank remember, you. Though, you. Your consternation at having <laughs> spent three years as an alto, and then it does take some figuring out, doesn't it? To suddenly it, be singing melody. It does. It does. But, um, you know, it was, it was a wonderful experience, both as an alto and as a soprano. I really enjoyed my time in the chorale. So. Well, you were integral, and we miss you very much. I miss being a part of it. It's, it's I really miss being a part of choirs because uh, of the pandemic. Not that you haven't heard that from every other person you've spoken to, mm. but yes, well, yeah, for so many reasons, mm -hmm. many of us miss choirs. You know, Phil, you were you were a wonderful soprano as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm sure I was. <laughs> I'm and sure I was. Phil was a bass. <laughs> I was, I was a bass, but I, 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 you know, I think I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my voice too, Julia. So I don't even, mm -hmm. I think Dr. McGee is calling me more of a baritone, like a, a baritone with some low notes. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> so I mean, it's a process yeah. that never really ends figuring out what you're right. supposed to be singing because it changes from genre to genre and depends on who's listening to you. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, Phil, um, 
Professor Fee, Constance Fee is another voice teacher at Roberts. For our, mm-hmm. I don't want our, our little reunion here to get too inside or jokey. But, right. um, you know, Dr. McGee is a baritone, mm-hmm. uh, like you are, Phil, except right. Professor Fee would tell Dr. McGee whenever she heard you sing, Jeff, he sounds just like a baritone version of you. <laughs> Because she is convinced that he is actually a a tenor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Man, you know. I told him him he could be a tenor if he just worked hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. A baritone and a tenor. A tenor is a baritone who works hard. That is funny. (laughs) That is funny. Oh man, that is too funny. I yeah, I mean we you know we should have brought him in here because that would because now I, w- I would like to have heard what he would have said to that. But Julia, so I mean you know when you say you're a mezzo soprano, I I can really hear that because mm-hmm. you definitely do have, um, you know the low that low, you know meaty tone. How like Richness. what is yeah rich? Thank you, thank you for giving me some. A word a richness to the the low tones of your voice how like how what has that been like to explore mezzo music uh well thank you for your compliment i really appreciate that um it's been really interesting um i really do it turns out resonate with a lot more especially in opera with a lot more of the mezzo characters i am very good at playing a mom an older sister <laughs> a uh, you know, those those kinds of characters i just i come by it naturally um i was always the mom friend with my friends and um but it's also really interesting exploring um especially like uh pants rolls um it's you know i started right away when i became a mezzo learning um Cherubino's arias from uh, la noce di figaro because you can't be a mezzo and not learn those arias. Um, and uh, those are the kind of characters I've never really related to. And so exploring them and kind of getting to know them better has been really, really a rewarding experience. And also, um, you know, recognizing that all of the art songs are still available to me, but just in keys that I don't feel like I'm, you know, reaching for high notes or trying to stay in a tessitura that's not comfortable for me. So. I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, been very fun to explore, um, you know, some of the the richer colors in my voice and and find things that I'm really comfortable singing with. That's exciting, yeah. Julie. What are some of your aspirations for the future? So, uh, for right now, actually, in the most immediate future, I am planning to go to grad school in the fall. Uh, I have been accepted to do my Master of Music in Vocal Performance at the Crane School of Music at SUNY Potsdam. So, thank you, thank you. Um, Adam actually wrote one of my letters of recommendation uh, for them, so thank you for that. I'm sure um, that your recommendation really helped me. Um, it was glowing. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to doing next. Um, and then after that, I'm hoping to um, kind of explore maybe some young artist programs and really just try mm-hmm. to get some more 
performing experience under my belt. Um, my ultimate goal for my career is to um, find a smaller opera house that I can kind of call home and have a, a long-term contract there singing in operas and concerts and that kind of thing. Um, and to be able to teach students as well. I'm hoping to explore some of that this summer, actually trying to teach some of my own students, so. Terrific. Julia, okay, so this is, this is a question we didn't prepare you for, but okay. you're quick on your feet. Sure. So, um, I wanna ask you, first of all, um, what are some of the most important life lessons you learned during college? And then I also want I want to ask if you could go back and do one thing differently, mm. what would it be? So take your pick, wow. whichever question you want to do first. Um, all right, so some of the most important life lessons uh, from college, number one, uh, this one will be familiar to both of you, is comfort with ambiguity. Yes, it I was... feel like I might have said that. Countless times, times. <laughs> um, especially, you know, dealing with a pandemic and all of that, really being mm. comfortable with. Historically, I am not a person that handles change very well. I will own up to that. I'm sure you have both seen that. Um, <laughs> Nor did you handle ambiguity well when I first met you. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Um, and uh, so learning to be comfortable with that change and that flexibility is still a lesson I learn, you know, every single day for the rest of my life. But it's definitely helped me to get more familiar with, okay, this isn't necessarily what I thought would happen, but we'll go with it and make the best of it. Um, and that's really been something that's come in very handy <laughs> in every aspect of life, but especially with, uh, with music and all of the the change that comes with that. Um, you know, it's also been really interesting, you know, going to a Christian school for music, it's been so interesting seeing how I can incorporate my faith into all of the music I sing, not just the religious pieces. Um, and that's just been something really important. And also the importance of having peers and colleagues that share your faith and understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most places you go, you're not going to have a professor that you can talk faith with and how your beliefs incorporate with your music and on a level that they can understand anyway, because they might not believe the same thing as you. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's something I've really appreciated as well. So, mm, yes. so and I'm then very Because, and and you both know this, Julia and Phil, you both know this, um, as as both from the student perspective and also from the teacher's perspective, the most important lessons a music teacher ever teaches have little to do with music, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The most important lesson absolutely music is a vehicle to to prepare students for life. So do you were I think absolutely you were where did did you finish your thought Julia? Uh, I think for that question I did yeah. 
Okay. Oh, so now we get to the juicy one. <laughs> if you could go back and do something differently, what would you do differently? I mean, I don't, I don't really know that doing anything differently would have necessarily helped me because I feel God led me on the path he did for a reason and everything happened the way it was supposed to for a reason. I suppose if anything, I would have auditioned for Corral when I was a freshman. I did not because I was too scared to. Mm. Um, and so I sang in the women's choir for my freshman year of college, which was great, a wonderful experience. The last time I sang soprano one. Um, (laughs) 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 and it wasn't until my sophomore year when I was more used to what college was like. And, um, when Adam came in that I decided to audition for Corral and I was very fortunate to get in that year. Um, I, so I think maybe that is the only thing I would do differently. Um, because the rest of it has brought me to a really great place place in my life so mm, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. you know Phil, one of the, you the same question what's the what what's that Is what there, i would do differently you could go back and do one thing differently what would the one thing be mm, if i could go back and do one thing differently mm, um I I think, you know, maybe I, you know, we've talked about, what are you laughing about? Maybe. I just, you had this face that was stressing me. <laughs> it's my thinking face. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to think. But um, I think what the, the thing that I would do differently is um, maybe kind of what, to the effect of what Julie was saying, like, you know, uh, facing, um, you know, my fears, trying to figure out how to face mm. those, those, those insecurities, maybe even a better word of that kind of, that kind of held me down, um, or, or you know, com- prevented me from presu- pursuing certain opportunities. So, yeah, let, let, let me ask you one th- question, Julia. Um, sure. you know, cause we talked about, you talked about being comfortable with ambiguity, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think like, that's something I think about even now as I, as I'm, you know, trying to figure out life as a married, married man, as a family man, I guess you would say <clears throat> the, like, how is that, what way has that played out now for you? Can you give an, an example of trying to, cause you know, one of the ways I say it, like, um, you know, X and Y are options and maybe both of them are good, but. You know, you want to do X, but God wanted you to do the, to do Y, and that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you know uh, Y. That doesn't mean X wasn't good, but God just wanted you to do Y. Have you you know experienced that, and, and what was that like? Sure. Um, I mean, I think we kind of face stuff like that every day. You know, we have choices mm-hmm. we have to make every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, though, that not to bring it back to this, but the biggest example of that that I can think of. Um, is changing what voice type I am. I It's something that has been suggested to me since I was a freshman that mm. maybe I should be singing mezzo repertoire instead. And I just had it in my stubborn little mind <laughs> that 
that wasn't something I should do and that I didn't want to do that. And it took, yeah, four and a half years for me to finally become comfortable with that idea. And I suppose that is another thing I guess I could go back and do differently is maybe be more comfortable with the idea of exploring, you know, my voice and its capabilities more, um, you know, and becoming more flexible with, with that idea of, of changing, you know, my voice type and, and what characters that would let me play. And, and so, yeah, um, that's probably the best example or biggest example I have of that. So, and I'm really glad that I did make the switch. Um, because I think it'll serve me well, even just, you know, if I don't stay a mezzo, um, developing this area of my voice will really help, so. Julie, do you think, uh, what, what would you say is the reason that you held on to your self-concept as a soprano so, so hard? Um, so, all while I was growing up um, and I was exploring music, I was just always kind of put in part one, soprano, just because I was a strong singer, which really just means I was loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sure yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and even when I went on to do you know, larger things like all county and area, all state, my teacher always submitted me as a soprano one. And so I got it in my mind, okay, that must be what I must be. And I think with sopranos, there is always this mentality that being a soprano one is the best and you have to be a soprano one and, and just kind of you know, especially when you're, when you're young, you know, when you're in high school and stuff, that's what everyone thinks is, oh, if you can sing the high notes, then you must be the best singer. And so I think I just was in that kind of environment for so long that it was kind of difficult to change my mindset and recognize that singing high notes doesn't make you a good singer. And, you know, being a soprano doesn't make you you know, ultimately better than everyone else. Like all voices are different. You have to teach your voice according to what your voice is able to do. And so, it, yeah, I just, I think it's just kind of a, a product of its raising, I guess, for lack of a better explanation. Yeah. I think we can hold on to these you know, <clears throat> voice types. Like, any other identity label, mm. right? Yeah, and so, absolutely. And mm. like once mm. we've adopted a label for ourselves, it can really make our thinking in that area rigid. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I figured it out. This is what I am, you know, like. Um, absolutely. And yeah, it is, it is. Did you find as you were making the switch, um, did you find that you were, was that an unsettling feeling for any part of the transition? Yes and no. Um, you know, ever since I started my undergrad program, like I said, I've had people suggest to me, 
maybe you should be a mezzo. Are you a mezzo? And looking at, you know, the first opera I was cast in, I was uh, a cover for two mezzo roles. Um, I sang alto in the choir for two years. My second opera I was cast in was another mezzo role. Like it just never like fully clicked with me, but all the signs were there. And um, so finally putting all the pieces together was not so much unsettling, but in a way it was kind of like, you have to let go of something. And that's always really challenging. Um, but by the time I finally made that switch, I was more comfortable with it myself. And I realized that particularly when it comes to opera, because that's what I primarily want to pursue, that I never really had connections with a lot of the characters that Sopranos sing as. And when I finally made that realization that I really related more to a lot of the mezzo characters, it made the switch a lot easier. So it definitely was difficult, you know, having that identity that I held on to since I was, you know, probably like 10 years old being a soprano. Um, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but in the end, I'm, I'm really, really glad that I made the change because it's going to be better for my voice. So. I like what you said. All the signs were there. You just weren't ready to accept it yet. Mm -hmm. It's like I have a, a college professor colleague who insists that he is a blue-collar worker. And it's like, you have a PhD, you read books all day, you like work in the ivory tower. Like All the signs are there that you're actually white-collar. But, okay, if you want to think of yourselves as wearing overalls and driving a pickup truck, that's fine. You just wear a shirt and tie and a, drive a Prius. But that's okay. Right. You can be blue collar. Oh, that's funny. I, you know, man, Julia, I'm really glad we are, we're having this conversation because there's so much... I think we can we can pick at here to to kind of dig into a little bit more. I I, I think I want to to come back. Well, before I, before we do that, I want to um, stay on the mezzo and talk about the pants roll and the connection. Because you were saying that that was that has kind of been kind of. Uh, I, mean, I if I heard you correctly, that it's been hard to make those connections. So yeah. how have you made the connections with those roles? Has that been fun or difficult? <laughs> um, it's been, it's been a combination of both. Um, okay. You know, so the first pants role that I'm really tackling, like full force since making the switch, is um, mm -hmm. is Kerubino, and he is a character that I I look at him, you know, just on paper, and I don't like what I see. <laughs> it is not a he is a 14 year old boy. I have never been a 14 year old boy. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know that it's a character looking at him that I will be able to accurate, accurately portray. So, um, you know, if I can, I enjoy doing research. And so being able to do some research on his character and, you know, um, the time frame that he, you know, that this opera is coming from and, you know, 
and talking to uh, some of my friends that have studied the character before has been really helpful to give me some insight. And the teacher mm -hmm. that I have right now too has also given me a lot of insight in her experience on on how to explore this role. And so it's it's been fun, but it's also been challenging because these are the kinds of characters that I never really expected to play. Um, but they're they're almost like an acting challenge. Um, and that can be really fun. That can be really fun. It's not my first time playing a man. Um, <laughs> I did that a time or two in high school, um, just because the nature of high school drama clubs. So, right. you know, it's it's fun to to kind of dive into that side of music. Um, so how is the personal connection? Have you you know, because I, I think for me, I, I'm. I try to find the a personal connection to kind of help me, um, you know, connect to either whether it's even just an art song, maybe the poem. Like there's figuring sure. out how does this personally relate to me. How have you been able to find a personal connection to these roles, or as you're singing? Them? I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know. Uh, the two pants roles that I've explored were Hansel and Hansel and Gretel and then mm -hmm. Kerubino, of course. And, you know, I kind of have to look at them, you know, because I've obviously never been in the position of those characters, but I've also been, you know, Hansel's a younger sibling. I'm a younger sibling. I mm -hmm. get it. <laughs> you know, I, I, and, you know, I understand where he's coming from. I've, I babysat a lot when I was younger. I've, you know, witnessed a lot of what eight-year-old boys are like. So I know how to translate that. If I just think like, okay, this is, you know, relating that character to someone else I have, you know, interacted with in my life can definitely mm -hmm. help. So same mm -hmm. with Keterbino. I can see, you know, the 14-year-old boys I used to work with in youth group and see, okay, this is how their minds work. Let's see if I can get into that mindset so and plus even just taking you know the the fact that they're male characters out of the equation i've you know been eight years old i know what eight-year-olds act like and and what their energy is like i've been 14 before i know how awkward being 14 can be so yeah trying to pull your own life experience in there and really just you know get comfortable living inside that character is really going to help me in the long run, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of the other things I was thinking about as we're, I mean, we're kind of, I, I think what this is, what we're kind of reflecting on is like, um, I, the word I think about is like metamorphosis. Like, you know, you kind of go in as one thing and, you know, in, in the cocoon and come out as another. Yeah. And the choir is kind of a place for that, right? I mean, not that you would mm -hmm. sing all four voice types or, you know, or all eight. But, that's, but, that's very true. But, but when we but, did, uh, oh, go ahead. oh, what was it? Um, just thinking about this piece, the, the Borodine, we did the the oh, yes, uh, from Prince Igor, and uh, I sang oh, all. Yes. I sang tenor and bass with that piece. <laughs> 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 so 
So I have sung all four voice parts. <laughs> well, I, is is that the what is it called? Pro to po, Povetian, Povetian dances. dances. Povetian that's what it was. Dances. Yes, and that's right. I had yes. Like they just needed more sound, and mm-hmm. so they were places where just yes. Oh, you're giving mm-hmm. away all of my little secrets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I I was just thinking about that because, you know, we talked about that piece and I I think we we were, you know, trying to reflect on it. Like, what are the redeeming qualities from this piece of music? Do you remember we learned that piece in like a week? Yes. It was insane. Do you remember he showed up to the orchestra, not the dress rehearsal, but the one rehearsal we had with the orchestra before the dress rehearsal, and mm-hmm. we sang that rehearsal on Soulfish. I I think I do remember something like that. I think so. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Yeah. It was I good mean, times. You know, learning I experiences. Actually, I enjoyed that because I got to sing with my students. Mm. Uh huh. Since I wasn't conducting, I really enjoyed yeah. that concert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. We. I mean, because we needed more sound. Right. That's like you mm-hmm. were. Yeah. Just needed. Needed some help. I was happy not to. That was just, you know, that was. Anyway, I'm done. (laughs) So, so let me the you know I just the the choir as that kind of cocoon for Mm -hmm. like exploring, um, and as you as you were saying before, like like what do you think about that? Like, how 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 was that? and uh, exploring your different voice types in the choir? Uh, Doing it in the choir setting was really helpful because there were other people who were experiencing the same thing I was. Mm. You know, some other, you know, younger singers in the choir who were also maybe singing a different voice type for the first time. Um, Mm. And also just being in the choir setting, you do... We all have to take personal responsibility for ourselves. We all need to know our own parts and, you know, know the text and just, you know, be on your A game as much as possible. But you also have a group of people around you who are able to help and support you and fill in for you, you know, maybe when you're not doing your best. And so I was exploring my voice type, but I was surrounded by other people who were saying, it's okay, you know, we got you. You know, you still have to do do what you have to do, but we're going to be here to catch you if you fall, basically. And so being surrounded by such a a wonderful group of people who were just really willing to be supportive and encouraging and were really a family really gives, I think, any member of the choir, you know, that stability and that security to be able to try something new and experience something different. So. Julia, before we yes. move into final segments, is there anything on your mind that you would like to share with the Wasertwapa audience? Do you mind if I share how I met each of you? Oh, that would be fun. Yes. Because I didn't meet either of you doing music <laughs> and i don't know if either of you would remember when i met you i'm not um, sure <laughs> so phil i met you at like 
9 a.m. in our Intro to New Testament class. Ah, yes. In your first mm-hmm. semester there. And I'm pretty sure you were the only student who could stay awake for that entire class. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Phil was always on his A game in that class to the point that our professor had to be out one day. So he asked Phil to lead the class for us instead of just canceling. I've never heard that story. Yeah. I did. I taught the You led the discussion once. on Philippians, I believe. Yeah. I have something. I believe. Yeah. It, yeah. So Phil sat right next to me, actually. That's awesome. Did. That's how we met each we other. We met each other. Yeah. It was probably a Monday morning, the first Monday of the semester at 9 a.m. Something. Something like that. I think like it was that. a Tuesday. Yeah. I and think then it I was think a we, Tuesday, Thursday. And then I think I met you in studio later that day, and that's how I learned that you were a music major see. and that you were in my studio, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So exciting. So. And then, Adam, I met you the day that you came for your interview at Roberts, there was a mm. student panel they put together uh, and I was in, in that library, panel right? so, in, the in the library. library. Yes. I and I remember, remember um, very specifically that we were all very impressed by you um, and how willing you were to be vulnerable and really share your faith journey with us, but also that your socks coordinated with your tie. <laughs> <laughs> thought you might get a kick out of that <laughs> I don't even remember what I was wearing but my socks matched my tie alright yeah. so, that's, what, that's what got me the job right <laughs> well you had many many other wonderful qualities but yes that was the main reason that was the main reason and then I will never forget when I uh, went to have my corral audition with you and you uh, pronounced my name so emphatically in the phonetic manner <laughs> it's just stuck Julia. with me yes <laughs> just like julia child Ooh. it was just it was wonderful yeah. so Unhinge that dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome oh julia yeah. that's a fun memory that's, those are yes. that's, that's really good that's i'm good. glad i was able to share them it's been you know really wonderful having um your friendships in in my life and so i'm i'm glad i was able to start them at a place like Robert's and then I'm able to continue them now. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's right. Yes. Friendships that will mm-hmm. persevere for a lifetime. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Julia, we end every episode. You are a listener to the Zertwell Posse. You know this. I episode. am. We end with current events corner and what did you learn? So are you willing to play along? Yes, of course. Awesome. All right, who wants to go first with their current event? Mm. All right, I will. Okay. (laughs) And um, as I was leaving Corral rehearsal tonight, I pulled my phone out of my pocket and saw that Derek Chauvin has been uh, found guilty in all three charges brought against him in the killing of George Floyd. Um, and um, I just think that it is, um, I, I think there was a lot of trepidation um, that is, it is um, notoriously difficult to convict a police officer for wrongdoing. Um, and I hope that this verdict brings George Floyd's family some sense of peace, even though, obviously, 
no verdict can ever make up for their loss. Yeah. Phil, how about you? Yeah, I mean, that actually was going to be my current event, too. I think I would, um, I was listening as I was coming back, and something that um, Vice President um, Harris said, that's kind of ringing in my ear, that um, this is a measure of justice, but it's not, um, I think she may have said equity and justice or equal justice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, um, you know, that's, that's, what I want to see, and that, we I talked about this last week, where we have a this beautiful community where every life is valued um, equally, and that we care about um, every life, um, and and especially those that um, are disenfranchised. So, yeah, yeah. Julia, what about you? Uh, my current event is is not. A terribly serious one um but i've just (laughs) i've just been really encouraged um by seeing more and more of the community returning to live music performances um in my own area our local symphony has been able to start doing you know recordings with you know socially distanced and reduced groups together but they're still able to make music and i know that the i believe it's the san francisco opera this weekend is doing their first live opera in over a year and it's a like a drive-in movie style and i just am so amazed by how you know musicians all over the world have been able to adapt to and accommodate for what's been going on you know i see the corral and how you've been doing different formations and locations and and your virtual concerts and all that and it's just really encouraging to see how everyone is has been able to do music in the meantime but also seeing that we're getting back to being able to all do live music together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is an incredibly hopeful time i think uh, mm-hmm. coming out of the pandemic and i hope that the progress continues i was just today uh, uh, uh the you would actually you two are the very first to hear this the corral will be able to have a very limited but in-person audience for our final concert of the semester. Oh, that's wonderful. It's, we will have... Yeah, oh, that's so exciting. It's extremely limited, but if you're a senior <laughs> in the corral, you can yes. invite two people. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's better be than singing for a camera. Let me tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can see some uh, see some whites, see the whites in people's <laughs> eyes. <Yeah. laughs> that sounded weird. When I That's right. Well, <laughs> you're used to seeing some whites. <laughs> uh, okay. <gasps> All right. I traveled back to Rochester just to see that concert. <laughs> I, yes, I, could, I mean, Julia, you're in like in Ohio, right? Uh, I am not. I am. Uh, in upstate New York, like right at the base of the Adirondacks. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So, I mean, I mean, I, we're I'm not gonna keep interviewing, but is that did you move there with your family? Is because I know your dad is a is your dad a pastor? My dad is not a pastor. Uh, you're okay. confusing me with uh, with uh, your friend. You are with my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You are. We are very similar. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm so, 
She's in no. Hawaii. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and her and her dad is a pastor. Yeah. Um, so no, glad. so I am actually in the same town <laughs> that I have lived in my whole life. Um, <laughs> it's where I, you know, where I come from, where I got started in music and all that. My uh, family did move to a different house while I was in college, but uh, okay. um, yeah. So growing up in out in the middle of nowhere, um, and I live on a farm. That's right. a fun fact. So yes, yeah. Yes. So Phil is our guest today. Julia Steidel from New York, or Judy from Ohio. <laughs> My alter ego. Yeah, I mean, I I think I just gave you. There I go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> if you ever need an alias, that there you go, there Julia. Go. I think I just Judy. helped you out. <laughs> Anyway, we yes, we need to end. something from the episode <laughs> that we learned, um, and I am going to start and with just my learning here, Julia, uh, Julia's uh, finding of her new identity as a mezzo. So that's pretty cool. How about you, Phil? What did you learn from Julia? I'm gonna say it a little different. Julia finally saw the uh, finally saw the signs, and uh, <laughs> I I think I can appreciate that because I yeah I, I I think I see I've seen that in my own life too. So yeah. Julia, did you learn anything? You are the guest, so you really we were supposed to be learning from you. Well, I we learned from everything. I learned um, that Phil's a little confused about who I am. Um, (laughs) uh, but I've also learned that, you know, we, we all really benefit, um, from change and exploration of our voices and our identities and that there's so much to gain from that. So, yes. Amen to that. That is a great word to go out on. Yes. Yes, it is. Anything else with the good of the order, Phil? That's it. Thank you, Julia. Thank, Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Julia. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, and stay in touch. And of course. And grad school and all of the stuff. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to have you on to talk about that, to talk about graduate school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime. I'd be so happy to. All right. All right. Well, then, dear audience, I will say bye for now. Adios. Adios.